Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity we have to be here this evening. And we're thankful that we can make our requests known to you. Uh, But not only that, God, you hear and you are strong to save uh, and able to answer. Uh, We know and we trust that you will indeed answer in a way that is most glorifying to you and best for us, uh, for our good, uh, for our sanctification, and for keeping us near the cross. Uh, We do pray that uh, you would do just that uh, in all of our lives uh, and help us uh, to cling uh, to the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. Thank you that we can spend time opening your word together this evening, and I pray that you would be glorified and that you would teach us uh, and help us um, to love you more. Uh, and uh, to go from this place encouraged. Uh, We're thankful. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We're going through the I Am statements in the Gospel of John. Uh, There are seven of them. We've looked at uh, three thus far. Uh, And tonight we will be looking at uh, another obviously. Uh, In John chapter 10, uh, if you want to turn there, uh, you can turn to John chapter 10. We will discuss uh, the I am statement. There's actually two I am statements in the gospel of John. Um, We're going to split them into two separate weeks because um, I guess I just wanted to cover one at a time. Uh, So we will uh, look at verses 1 through 11 in John chapter 10. In our last time together, we took an imaginary trip to the eye doctor. uh, And some of us since then have taken a real trip to the eye doctor, John. uh, And uh, it has come uh, from that, hopefully that you are seeing better. Uh, Hopefully, even from our time together, we are seeing more clearly uh, who the Lord Jesus Christ is in these I Am statements. But this week, I'd like for you to join me on a journey to the ancient Middle Eastern countryside to look at some sheep pens. Now picture this with me all across the rolling hills. During the day, we see sheep scattered and grazing with shepherds, keeping watch over their flocks. And as evening approaches, the shepherds call their sheep to gather them into one of these pens for safekeeping during the night. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about sheep. And I don't have a lot of personal experience with sheep. But I've done a little bit of reading about sheep. And almost every source you read, you will quickly be told that sheep are not the sharpest tool in the shed, if you know what I mean. If you don't know what I mean, sheep are just plain dumb. So dumb, in fact, that if the lead sheep 
is distracted by grazing and steps off the edge of a cliff, the rest of the flock will follow. This is why sheep need a shepherd. This is why sheep need somewhere to stay safe at night. You see, on on this Middle Eastern countryside, we'll find sheep pens that are both natural and man-made, so that the sheep are protected, they're safe at night. Whether it's rocks piled high, a cave, or even a fence, these pens serve the purpose of not merely keeping the sheep in, but keeping other animals out. Predators are many on this countryside, and sheep, dumb as they are, are helpless against these predators. But what we see in verses 1 to 11 in John chapter 10 is how the shepherd protects his sheep. In these sheep pens, whether or not there's a gate, there was one way in that was guarded by a shepherd or sometimes even a hired hand. Now what's interesting about these pens is that that in these sheep pens you'll find more than one flock. But come morning, you don't find the shepherds coming together to play a game of sort the sheep. Rather, the shepherd enters the gate, calls his sheep, And they come. Sheep may be dumb, but they know their shepherd. They would hear his voice and come running as he would lead them out to green pastures. Now being a shepherd in this time period is much different than it is now, where shepherds did not use dogs to drive the sheep and push them where they wanted them to go. Rather, you would find the shepherd out in front of his sheep, either singing or whistling or continually calling them so that they would know who they are supposed to follow. As these sheep follow their shepherd, there'd be many other noises that they would hear, but they would follow the familiar sound of their shepherd no matter the distraction. So all of that being said about sheep, let's read John chapter 10 verses 1 through 11 to see what Jesus says about himself in this I am statement tonight. John 10 verse 1 says this, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, 
for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Word of God. So Jesus, after a brief explanation of the relationship between sheep and his shepherd, says that he is the door. Or, or more likely, he says, I am the door. He says this in verses 7 and 9. And as we consider these seven I am statements, this is the third of seven, we come to know more about who Jesus is. By saying, I am the door, Jesus means to show that He alone is the way of salvation. By saying, I am the door, in reference to the sheep pen, He shows He is the only way of protection for the sheep. On the flip side, by saying, I am the door, in reference to the pasture, He is saying He is the only way of provision for His sheep. And the picture that we get is one of intimacy and care, of salvation and provision. And in this claim, it's, it's exclusive. There is no other way except through Jesus, the door, to enter into this salvation, this, this care, this provision that He offers. By saying, I am the door, He's making a claim to be the only way to enter the kingdom of God. Now, to be clear, what is represented by the sheep in this parable is us. That is, the people of God. And yes, that means that we are not the sharpest tools in the shed. We need a shepherd to protect us. But more importantly we learn about the shepherd who does indeed protect and care for us by allowing us into his flock. We have a door to salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 118 verses 19 and 20 says, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. We've been making connections to the Old Testament in each of these I Am statements. And, and the, the picture of door is not something that is explicitly clear. 
Uh, This is probably one of the clearest ones. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. Jesus is claiming to be this door, this gate to righteousness. There are many connections to shepherds, but we will see that more in our next time together when we look at um, Jesus' next I am statement. What we do see, though, is the safety and security that is offered by our shepherd. And it's seen in the fact that entering through him is the door or it is the way to salvation. There is no other way. What Jesus means when He says, I am the door, is that He is the only entrance to the kingdom of God. Now the difficulty is though, the world tries to distract us from following our shepherd. But if we keep our ears tuned to our shepherd and follow him, we will be safe. The the picture of who Jesus is as the way to intimacy and care, as the way to salvation and provision, is seen in a familiar uh, psalm. You may even know it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When David wrote this psalm, however many hundreds of years before Jesus, he he didn't know that he was speaking of the Lord Jesus with these words. But we do. And, and when we look back on what David has written, we can praise God and say with David, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I'm following my shepherd. That is the hope. That is the comfort, the provision, the protection that is offered By Jesus, who is this door. So with Jesus as our guide, we are safe no matter what we face. Before we move to our time of prayer, I did just want to again give you the format and structure for our time this evening. Hopefully by now, you're starting to get the rhythm of things Someone shares and someone prays right away. So I'll ask someone to share a request and then immediately ask someone to pray for that request. I want us to pray fresh. I want us to make sure that we don't miss anyone and that we are able to pray for any request that is brought up this evening.
Uh, if someone is unwilling to volunteer, I mean, I can always pray, but I can also pick someone else to pray as well. Uh, and if you're nervous to pray in front of a group, we're family. And, and you don't need to be. And, and, and again, just keep in mind, you're not praying to us. You don't need to impress us. You don't need to use big words. You don't need to pray long. If you pray ten words, that's good enough for us. <laughs> not that it needs to be good enough for us, but God hears our prayers no matter how short, no matter how small, and we are thankful for that. Just keep in mind, it is, it is a great privilege for us to hear you praying for someone else. Um, I have been encouraged by hearing the, the many different ways that, that people pray for one another uh, and, and pick up on little details that, that I would miss or praying in different ways than I would. Uh, so that is encouraging to all of us. So please, no need to feel nervous. I also have a list of things that I think we should be regularly praying for and we'll interject them throughout the night. But I will also bring up the elder, deacon, and missionary that we will be praying for this evening as well. And after tonight, we have made it through all of the elders. So we will start fresh in our next time together as we pray for the elders, deacons, and missionaries. So, with all of that being said, would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you so much for this evening, for your word, for every person who is here. We ask, God, that we would go away from tonight encouraged, firstly, by your word and what the Lord Jesus claims in saying, I am the door. But we also pray and ask God that we would be encouraged by hearing and praying for one another. Be with our time of requests. May we be able to think of things that, that we are in need of prayer for and, and even know that we can come boldly before you to make our requests known. So be with our time. Uh, may we uh, glorify you and encourage one another. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.